How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Yeah, morning everyone. Welcome along to a slightly different show. Same sort of thing. World Cups in a nutshell with Daniel Pedriot broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SEN Q693 in Queensland and SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast. It's the 18th of October 2022. Good to be with you over the course of the next hour before Vossi and Brandy for breakfast uh, through SEN 1170 AM. In fact, all across the listing area before Patton Hills joins our Queensland stations in around about Two hours' time from now at 6am local time. Yes, bit of a different show name. Of course, we've got two World Cups going on at the moment. The Rugby League World Cup. We'll talk about that in a second. The T20 World Cup underway. I know Australia were in action yesterday in a warm-up match. About Scotland, though, beating the West Indies on the back of Namibia on Sunday night, beating Sri Lanka. We'll talk all about that as well. The Football World Cup, of course. Still about a month away. We will, uh, of course, focus on the World Cups over the course of the next few weeks whilst I'm uh, still here before I take some time off. But, before, but of course, during that as well, we will also look at some of the other sports news going on. A lot of news going on around about the St. George Illawarra Dragons, uh, including a former player criticising the culture of the Dragons. We'll talk about that. Plus, we'll do our normal stuff as well. Chris Perkins will join me from from America in around about 15 minutes' time from now to get all the latest there. And John Gallo will join me as well, talk all things football in about half an hour. Some interesting results in the English Premier League. And we will continue our road to the football World Cup as well. So plenty to get through. The open line is one 1170 or you can text 0457 736 736. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Going across to the UK in just a second, but don't forget, if your hot water needs replacing, get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install uh, Rheem. Now, obviously... The Rugby League World Cup and the T20 World Cup has already gone underway. But considering they've changed the show name to World Cups in a nutshell, I want to straw poll this morning. What World Cup are you most looking forward to? Uh, out of the three main World Cups that are happening at the moment uh, that are in our eyesight, is it the Rugby League one? Is it the T20 one? Or is everyone looking forward to the football World Cup? We've also, of course, got the Women's Rugby Union World Cup in New Zealand. So four World Cups going on at the moment. But what one are you most looking forward to? We've already seen some interesting games in the Rugby League World Cup. The T20 World Cup underway. Australia in their action. Their first time in action will be on Saturday against New Zealand in front of a sold-out SCG. So what World Cup are you most looking forward to over the course of the next couple of months? It is a very, very busy time in sport. Open line one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Or you can send a text 0457 736 736. Is it the Rugby League World Cup? The T20 World Cup or the Football World Cup that begins and just over a month. I think it's about a month tomorrow. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy the open line number. Or you can text 0457-736-736. Time to do this. It's now time for a Rugby League World Cup update. Yeah, and there's matches uh, playing getting played uh, every day, basically. Apart from Friday morning, there's another one kicking off in about 25 minutes' time between France and Greece. We'll talk about that one in a second. But on the line is the man you are going to hear on The Breakfast Show in about an hour with Greg Alexander, Andrew Voss. Good morning. Good morning to you, Vossi. Uh, good morning, Lieutenant Dan from uh, Manchester in the north of England, where it's just after 7 o'clock on 
Monday night here. Mm. And uh, as you say, getting ready for another game of the World Cup tonight. France v Greece across in Doncaster. Playing their first match at the World Cup with a few NRL players um, in the uh, Greek lineup, uh, Notably Lachlan Ilias and mm. Peter Mamazoulis from the Rabbitohs. So, and Billy Magulius, former NRL player. So there's a few to watch out for tonight. Who would you be leaning towards to in that match? Obviously, we haven't seen a lot of Ooh. either side. But Ooh. if you had to make oh. a prediction... Look, they're, they're both great stories, uh, Lieutenant, because th- they've had to battle to play the sport. I mean, in mm. Greece, rugby league was banned. And, and, you know, France, it's a constant battle, constant battle for attention. So I sort of got a bit of a soft spot for both, to be honest. Pro- probably I'd like to see the French do well. Mm. Um, but uh, it remains to, be, uh, remains to be seen whether that's the case. They both played warm-up games. They didn't set the world on fire. It is what it is. It's a World Cup. You, you know, they're not all heavyweights. And... Uh, and uh, look, if you want me to lock in a tip, I'm going to go the Greeks. All right, go the Greeks, Greeks, Greece for you. We'll keep you across that in this show, and of course after six a.m. on at breakfast. Uh, looking back 24 hours ago, you were calling that New Zealand Lebanon mm. game. What about Joey Manu? There were a lot of standout performances across the opening weekend of the World Cup, but I think Joey Manu, that six minutes he had when it was 18-12 to yep. New Zealand, the game was in yeah. the balance. Uh, he he was sensational. Yeah, he was, and 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 that's what's happened at World Cups. I mean, I've been lucky to cover a couple of World Cups over here, and and yeah, the fans are passionate rugby league fans, but they only see these players on television. Mm. So then, you know, they they get blown away when they see them up close, like the first time they see James Tedesco, or mm. um, you know, previously when they saw Roger Tuivasa-Sheck nine years ago at the World Cup. This time around, last night, Joey Manu. Now. That try that he scored mm. um, last night, I haven't checked in the last six or seven hours, but BBC put the little clip up of the try and it had like 52,000 views mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. within, within 12 hours of the game being played. I mean, that's great exposure for Rugby League to have BBC Sport mm. putting out a clip of Rugby League and it's Joey Manu, you know, from yeah. the Roosters uh, representing New Zealand. So that shows you the impact that this cup can have in a... Football and I mean soccer mad country, rugby union too, and league distant in terms of the football codes. But you know, getting a bit of cut through through the cup early on. Uh, you talked about Samoa yesterday, and I'm sure you'll talk more about that after 6 a.m. with Brandy. But just on the flip side, England, a lot of uh, people wrote them off before that game, um, and I think it's such a boost to the World Cup in the UK, not just winning, but by winning by that margin as well. There'll be a lot of confidence in that England side, and I think yeah, it does help with, of course, the final being played in Old Trafford in four weeks' time. But if they had lost that game, I think the public in England might have been struggling to get involved with the World Cup, but I reckon I saw the crowd there, and I know you were at it for the most part. It was just a brilliant performance. Yeah, oh, what a stadium in Newcastle. Wow, I'd love to go to a an EPL game there when it's yeah. absolutely full as it was. It was over 40,000. It was just fantastic. A shame about the pre-match entertainment. That was a real <laughs> disappointment. But, um, look, there's a lot of things pretty grim over here in the UK, mm. and I'll talk more to Brandy about it. But mm. you're right. I hate to contemplate what it would have been like had England lost that game to Samoa. Um, you know, here they are. It's not just... Like, it is a battle for credibility because it is the wider audience on the BBC. They're mm. getting free-to-air coverage here. So they are the national team. And, and and to win in that fashion against a team, you know, eight origin players were in that yeah. Samoan side. Like, seriously, boys, what the hell was going on? You just you just don't get beaten like that representing your country. You know, it was... That was... Um, 
I've been on BBC Radio today talking about that, and I think they wanted me to, you know, give England a big pat on the back. Well, I give them a pat on the back, but I'm saying the biggest story really mm. is a team with so many stars mm. being lapped and conceding 60. And they didn't look like they're in it at all. I know for a long time it was only 2-0, but once England scored those first yeah. couple of tries, they were never coming back somewhere. Yeah, no, no, England were timid. Like, there's yeah. no doubt about it. It was actually, there was no, I've got to say, Dan, it was quite surprising. Such a great stadium and a big crowd. It was really quiet. It was quite a, a timid opening. Yeah. No one was coming flying out of the line. And because Samoa, I, I made the observation, because they weren't running that hard or tackling that hard or harder, as hard as England expected or ran as hard as they expected, they got a little sniff and then suddenly they just straightened up their attack and went straight through the middle, mm. um, you know, and, and just continued to do so. It became a procession. And I'm sitting there in the crowd with Mike Stevenson, Steve-O, mm. watching the game. At the 20-minute mark, we said this will be 50. Yeah, that was the impression you got watching a Samoan side that had not turned up to play, and I, I, you know, I struggled at the time to figure out why that would be. Yeah, just a couple more before we let you go, and you're right as well. Very disappointed the Kaiser Chiefs didn't get to play. Was it was a bit of a Billy Idol oh, sort of yeah, moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it was. But but the singer then ran up and down the sideline, <laughs> yes, which is something Billy didn't do. I mean, he almost broke his leg falling over, falling down some stairs. The crowd went nuts. But I felt very sorry for the little kids out on the mm. ground and. You know, the crowd's just doing a Mexican wave. So that was disappointing. Yeah, it was. But uh, he improvised. He, he entertained the crowd in another way. Uh, Australia, clunky, but still uh, a good win, even though Fiji did score first, a bit like Lebanon yesterday in that game against New Zealand. Yeah, well, I thought, again, call a spade a spade. I thought the, the effort of Fiji, you could see effort. You could see scrambling defence far more than what Samoa had produced on the same day, and and that made it, you know, a really good first hit out for the Aussies, to be honest. You know, I enjoyed watching that. The crowd enjoyed watching it. You know, the uh, they, there's another one. You know, they'd seen Harry Grant. They'd heard a little bit about him. Oh, this is the guy that's, you know, taken Cameron Smith's spot at the Melbourne Storm. Mm. Well, they came away saying, what about this Harry Grant, eh? <laughs> you know, like, they, they really were impressed by him. Um, they loved seeing Josh Adokar run away, their referee Kendall running alongside him. So there was a lot of highlights there for the league fans to see these stars up close. Um, I, I thought a pretty good hit out uh, mm. for Australia, to be honest, given that, you know, the, the opposition is not going to be strong through Scotland and Italy, the next two games, with the greatest of respect. I think Fiji was going to be their, their most physical encounter, and mm. I thought they got better as the game went on. Yeah, totally agree. And I thought also watching the Ireland game yesterday, I thought Luke Keary, he was, I know they were, they were only playing oh, Jamaica, yeah. but he was a standout. Yeah, look, it, 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 Dan, if you could have a, a wish for the World Cup, because mm. look, let's be honest, the rugby league world is not big. I, I, I put my hand on my heart. I know <laughs> that. I'm a league man. But mm. it would be great if you could just sort of put NRL players, just a handful of them in each mm. team, because what a difference it makes. Nathan Brown yep. and the Italian side, he was prepared to take two hit-ups in every set. Kiri just gives them authority. Moses was the same with Lebanon, you know, steady, mm. um, kicking game good. You know, that makes a massive difference to these minnows. And mm. tonight, well, you'll see it, you know, like pressure on Lachlan Ilias. But if he's not there, I mean, who, who would run the show? And, and the mm. French side, um, you know, competitive, but but not superstar class. They just, they just need a few stars, all of these sides. It certainly helps. And that game kicking off in just under 20 minutes. Perfect, Vossi. We'll let you go and prepare for breakfast. <clears throat> and we will see you in less than an hour's time with Brandy. That's not the spicy covers it, Danny. Have we got a bit uh, of monkey no, pox? No, I haven't got... Well, I've had a bit way? of a cold, but no, no monkey pox. Ooh. It's where you're safe, you're safe. Well, you're <laughs> safe on the other side of the world right. anyway. Thank you, mate. We'll speak again Beautiful probably stuff. tomorrow, and we'll hear you after six with Brandy.
Can't wait, mate. Good stuff. Andrew Voss there in Manchester talking all things rugby league. 12 past 5, 1 300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. We'll update you on the cricket next. Yeah, and I seemingly have my voice back now. 16 past 5, 16 past 4 in Queensland. Thanks to Vossi, you will hear him with Brandy after 6am live from Manchester. And as I say, that France-Greece match getting underway in just under 15 minutes time from now. So we'll keep you across uh, that match in the half an hour we are on. And then, of course, uh, in the breakfast show after 6am. Uh, just on Australia as well, and didn't have time to talk to Vossi about this, but uh, Kangaroos coach, coach Mel Meninga yesterday on SCNQ has confirmed it. No. No surprise this. There will be mass changes for Australia's next World Cup game against Scotland. As Vossi said, um, Fiji was always going to be, on paper at least, Australia's hardest group game. Um, Scotland, with all due respect, shouldn't be overly hard. But uh, Meninga, as we know, he rested the Eels and the Panthers players in his side's game against Fiji. However, he said on SENQ yesterday uh, that there will be changes and that all the grand finalists will be playing. He said, I think there'll be about seven of them that didn't play on the weekend. They'll all be playing against Scotland. Absolutely, they'll be playing. Um, Daly Cherry Evans will get another opportunity. He won't play this week, but certainly against Italy, he will be there. If it keeps going on the way it is, Lebanon played really well against the Kiwis. You'd assume that they would come second in that group, so we would play Lebanon in the quarterfinals. I'd imagine by the quarterfinals, I'd have to have most of the team sorted out but I'm going to give everyone the best opportunity to be involved in the semifinals. It is interesting what he's going to do. Look, I thought Cherry Evans was pretty good, but still think uh, it'd be interesting with Cleary now coming into play. Scotland, arguably probably an easier team to play. Um, and then I would not be surprised in that last game against Italy, last group game against Italy, if we see both of them play together, Cherry Evans and Cleary, and we'll see what happens uh, with that one. will be good to see, though. I thought, yeah, they were very good on. They were good on Sunday morning, Sunday night over in the UK, without being brilliant. But I think, as we spoke to Vossi about the standout player of the uh, the weekend so far, Joey Manu, just sensational yesterday. And in that, in that really, close, it was eighteen twelve. Uh, Lebanon were playing good footy before Manu stepped up. So we will talk more about that throughout the course of this show, Vossi and Brandy, after 6 a.m. as well. Um, and we'll keep you across all this action with France playing Greece kickoff in just over 10 minutes' time from now. Asking you this morning as well, uh, it is called, now called World Cups in a nutshell. Uh, we will still talk about other sport, and we'll do that in a second. But your thoughts on what's the World Cup you're most looking forward to? Is it the... Rugby League World Cup that's already got underway. The T20 World Cup that's in its very early stages. The Football World Cup kicking off in just over a month's time. We've got the Women's Rugby World Cup going on in New Zealand as well. What one are you most looking forward to? And who? what was your standout moment of the weekend so far, the opening round of the Rugby League World Cup? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. the open line number. You can text 0457 736 736. However, as I said, uh, we will update you in the cricket a lot of stuff going on shortly, but let's just turn our attention away from World Cup matters just for a little while and talk to our USA correspondent, Chris Perkins, who is on the line. Chris, good morning to you. Oh, good morning. A lot of World Cups going on here in the next month or so. There is. Uh, hence the name has changed from Tradies News to World Cups in a nutshell. Do you, do you like that? Uh, it works. It uh, like you said, in rugby league, cricket World Cup, uh uh, soccer's World Cup mm. starting with that's the one I'm looking forward to because the U.S. will actually 
Oh, okay, they're participating. Yeah, yes, they're they're, they're in it. Australia <laughs> in it as well. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. I think it's the twentieth of November or there or thereabouts. It gets underway. So yes, uh, this show will be renamed. Well, I've got a few more weeks before I uh, jet off to the UK. Um, so it's World Cups in a nutshell from here on in until I take some leave. But we will talk other sport as I said, and let's start talking a bit of other sport. The NFL, some crazy games yesterday. We can't go through all of them, but just a few to highlight. Let's start off. Uh, with the bull, uh, the Bills and the Chiefs. What an amazing game that was. Yeah, this was the blockbuster of, of week six for the NFL, and it's a, it was a rematch of last January's AFC Divisional Round playoff in Kansas City, mm. wound up with a, a Chiefs 42-36 win um, in, in that overtime game to advance on to the to the conference title game. Uh, Buffalo, 266 days later, got their revenge and it's an important win not just the fact that they you know the bills got over their their now biggest rival let's be honest this is a this is the fifth time they've met in two in just over two years um mm. the bills and the chiefs they are very familiar with each other and familiarity breeds a little bit of contempt when, when you're playing high stakes games like the bills and chiefs have mm. but it's important for the bills because now they hold the tiebreaker on the chiefs now, let's say we get to the end of the season. We're a long way from the end of the season. Both teams mm. still have 11 games left. But we get to the end of the season. If they wind up in a flat-foot tie for playoff seeding, the Bills get the – they have the tiebreaker because of this head-to-head win yesterday, 24-20, over Kansas City. And what that would mean is that if Kansas City and Buffalo play in a playoff game, as that playoff game would be played in Buffalo – in January, which is a frozen wasteland. Yes, yeah, it was uh, yeah, that will be very uh, interesting. Now, Eagles and Cowboys. Uh, we I must uh, must have been I, I had I don't know if it was this game, but I had the NFL on here uh, yesterday. There were some really entertaining games. What about the Eagles and the Cowboys? Yeah, the Eagles just still look so good. <clears throat> they they might be the most complete team in the NFL. Mm. Scoreless mm. after one quarter. Second quarter, though, that is Eagles time, and it was fly, Eagles fly in the second quarter. Mm. Outscored the, the Cowboys 20-3 to three in the second quarter. They jumped out to a 20 nothing lead and then had to hang on. That game got a lot more interesting than it should have been. Uh, winds up being 26-17. to 17. Jalen Hurts, very efficient. He, was, he didn't put up massive numbers because he really didn't have to. The running game was in control. He had Miles Sanders, who had uh, 18 carries, 71 yards. Hertz tossed in 27 rushing yards of his own, but it was ruthlessly efficient mm. by, by the Philadelphia Eagles. And let me tell you, their offensive line might be the best in football. It is anchored by, by the Australian Jordan Mailata. We see every week why the Eagles gave him a four-year contract extension worth $60-plus million, because that man is a nasty left tackle. He blocks everything. He, and mm. I, there, there was one play. A linebacker made the mistake of going one-on-one with Jordan Mailata. I think the linebacker wound up in the fourth row. Well, full throw. That's 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 a long way back. That is a long way back. <laughs> it probably, was a block. Probably where it to was be, a great block. To be fair, the fourth row is probably where I would like to be. Uh, if I wouldn't want to be anywhere near an NFL field, so the fourth row sounds sounds pretty good <laughs> to me. Uh, the other standout game, Chris Tennessee up against Alabama. Uh, Alabama. 
Yeah, that was college football from Saturday night. Yep. And, and this winds up being one of those rare instances where you are more than yes, happy and, to spend and, six figures. Yes, sir. In fact, I, I know about this match because I have a friend uh, who was the one I think we spoke about six weeks ago that went to the New Vegas Stadium. He was filling me in on this on Sunday when I saw him. But you go ahead. You tell the listeners if they are not aware of this. Yeah, Tennessee and Alabama, it is a, it's a rivalry game. It's a border rivalry in college football. They're in the Southeastern Conference. They play every year on the third Saturday of October. Yep. That, is, that is locked into the schedule every year. Tennessee had not beaten Alabama since 2006. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, a 15, we're talking 15 straight years of losing. They also had not beaten a, an AP top five team in their last 29 attempts, or a top three team in their last 18 attempts. So Mm. a lot of streaks went down on Saturday night. Tennessee at the gun. Mm. The ugliest field goal you'll ever see. A 40-yard field goal, it was a a dying duck. That might have been good from about 40 and a half yards. That was as long. It just squeaked over the crossbar. Game over. Tennessee wins. They upset number three, Alabama. You get the pitch invasion, every, you know, thousands of people rushing onto the field to celebrate this. The goalpost came down. They wound up in the Tennessee River mm. on Saturday night in, in this, uh, uh, we'll, we'll say, uh, alcohol-spirited uh, celebration <laughs> in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, but the bottom line is, Tennessee is going to have to obviously replace the goalpost at about 12000 bucks a pop. Mm. Plus, because... Uh, there, there's a rule in the Southeastern Conference against storming the field. Um, Tennessee has now been fined $100,000. And I think uh, the best way to handle this would be uh, the Tennessee athletic director or the president, when they get the notice, got the notice of that, write the check out by hand, get in your car, make the four-and-a-half-hour drive from Knoxville, Tennessee, down to Birmingham, Alabama, walk into the SEC home office, throw open the door singing Rocky Top at the top of your lungs because you are very, very happy to be cutting that check because your your students and your fans were celebrating on the field beating Alabama. It would have been a hell of a celebration, I think, uh, way into the night, I would imagine. I think they're they're still Still drunk down there and we're two days past. (laughs) Of course, do drink responsibly. Drink wise, of course. Uh, Now, uh, just before we let you go away from the NFL, the baseball final continuing the playoffs yeah divisional series wraps up tonight we've got three entrants into the uh each uh, con- into each league championship series we've got one more it'll be decided tonight in a winner take all game five at yankee stadium in the bronx the yankees staved off elimination last night with a 4-2 win over cleveland so they play game five winner of that game hops on a jet to houston for game one of the american league championship series on uh, Wednesday night, and Houston right now is almost the prohibitive favorite mm. because so many of the top, the higher seeds, uh, especially the National League, they're gone. Uh, the the National League Championship Series, it's going to be between the number five and number six seeds in the playoffs. San Diego Padres they upset the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, who won a hundred and eleven games this year, one of the best single-season win totals in Major League Baseball history, they were done four games. Uh, San Diego took out the Dodgers, so a a bitter disappointment for the L.A. Dodgers. Their opponents, 
are the number six seed Philadelphia Phillies, who took out the Cardinals in the wild card round, took out the defending champions, the Atlanta Braves, in the divisional series. So this is definitely a National League championship series. Very few would have uh, expected uh, coming into the playoffs. So right now, Houston's the prohibitive favorite, especially if Cleveland wins uh, the game tonight in the Bronx. If it winds up being Astros-Yankees, all the experts are going to be saying, well, this is a de facto World Series because whoever wins the American League Championship Series should crush their National League counterparts. But that's why they play the games. They don't, they don't play them on paper. They actually have to go on to a grass field and play them. All right. Going to be very interesting how that all unfolds. And we'll have another chat and wrap that all up and preview more sport on Thursday morning in a couple of days' time, mate. Thank you for joining us as always. No problem. Have a good day. Chris Perkins in America doing a great job, and he joins us each and every Tuesday. He'll be with me Thursday morning as well. 29 past 5, 29 past 4 in Queensland. Time to get the latest from the T20 World Cup. Yeah, and the T20 World Cup underway. I'll get to another surprise result in just a second in the T20 World Cup. But Australia, they were in action yesterday uh, between Australia and India. A warm-up warm match. India won. Uh, seven for 186, Australia making 180, despite the fact that Australia only needed 11 off the last over of the innings with four wickets in hand after having just made five off the previous over. Good news, though, Aaron Finch made a robust 76 of 54 balls, but a completely we completely butchered the run chase, losing four wickets off the final four balls of the innings. Um, so good news in terms of Aaron Finch. Uh, getting 76. We know he's been under a lot of pressure, um, so you'd imagine he'll be there for that first game against New Zealand. It's a crazy, could be a crazy tournament, though. Uh, And Australia has now lost both matches against England in its just-completed series, which meant this was Australia's third loss in a row. And they play New Zealand uh, on Saturday night, as as I said, in front of a sold-out crowd at the Sydney Cricket Ground. You're a little worried, of course, Australia won the T20 World Cup last year. Look, they're not playing badly, are they? But they're still not playing brilliantly. But good to see Aaron Finch in form. And to be honest, I'm not entirely sure um, how much you can read into these warm map matches. Let's just wait and see when the tournament gets underway, or for Australia gets underway on Saturday night. Um, Steve Smith, he only made 11 of 12. Um, and that could be his final T20 innings for a few weeks. Uh, Mitch Marsh, uh, he managed to get 35 off 18. And Kane Richardson, 4 for 30 in terms of bowling. Ashton Ager, 1 for 36. So we'll see how Australia go in their first game against New Zealand. Now, I watched a bit uh, of the game yesterday as well between Scotland and the West Indies. Now, this comes on the back of a wonderful uh, game on Sunday between Sri Lanka and Namibia. Now, it was rain-affected, this Scotland-West Indies game, but Scotland won again. It was the first uh, ever T20 World Cup clash in Tasmania, and Scotland caused an almighty upset, another upset, over two-time tournament champions, the West Indies at Balreve Oval. So Scotland winning by 42 runs, and it was set up pretty early. They got off to a flyer, 50 runs, I think, within a few overs, really. Um... And the opener, George Munsey, he finished unbeaten on 66 from 53 balls. The West Indies sent them into bat. And 
they combined for 54 before the covers came on and rain halted play. They were off for over an hour, uh, about half an hour, sorry. And then Duckworth Lewis almost came into play. Uh, but just an amazing win. And it's interesting. I've got this text here from the Yeovil Treeman saying, and we're asking what World Cup are you most looking forward to? Um, and he says, hi, Dan. Whilst criticised by the cricketing purists, the nature of T20 makes for more upsets, as we have already seen. I think that is going to make the T20 World Cup more interesting from my point of view. Added to the fact that it is being played at a more accept- acceptable time for watching in Australia. That from the Oval Treatment. Well, yeah, Namibia Sunday. Uh, we saw Scotland yesterday. Just quite unbelievable. Did you watch any of the Scotland game? It was really entertaining to uh, watch. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, winning, beating the West Indies, um, which is an amazing victory. Also last night, Zimbabwe played in uh, Ireland and Zimbabwe won that match by 31 runs. Two games today as well. Namibia back in action against the Netherlands at 3 o'clock. That'll be followed at 7 o'clock by Sri Lanka and the UAE. But your thoughts on the T20 World Cup? I, I think people are starting to get more invested in it now that it's got underway. And I think the matches so far between the lower nations, it has to be said, have been very entertaining and really looking forward to Australia and New Zealand on the weekend. What are your thoughts on the T20 World Cup? Have you enjoyed the opening matches so far? one 1170 the open line number. How good are the upsets? Or 0457-736-736. And what World Cup are you most looking forward to? Cricket, T20 World Cup, the Rugby League World Cup, or the Football World Cup? We've got, had three minutes gone in the game between France and Greece, being played in Doncaster, the first match for both of these teams. It is nil all between France and Greece after three minutes. On the other side of this, we'll turn our attention to football, EPL and we continue our road to the World Cup, the Football World Cup next. This is World Cups in a nutshell on this Tuesday morning. Yeah, sure is. Seven and a half gone in that match between France and Greece. Still nil all France on the attack uh, at the moment. Uh, Vossi did tip Greece, though, so we'll keep you up to date with that. Also got an interesting story, which is talking about the T20 World Cup, an interesting change in policy in terms of COVID-positive players. We'll get to that shortly. Time to switch our attention now, and we'll keep you up to date with that France-Greece match. But time to switch our attention now to football. John Gallo on the line. Morning to you, John. Morning, Dan. How are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Now, we are going to continue our road to the Football World Cup shortly. Um, however, uh, let's just talk about some local leagues. And let's start with the A-League. Uh, just really quickly, as France go in for the opening try of this game. So eight minutes gone. France four with a kick to come. Greece nil. Uh, Sydney FC, another good... Well, they're f- uh, not another good win. Their first win of the season against Western United on Sunday afternoon or Sunday early evening. Yeah, they uh, start the season off with their first win in, uh, in round two, which is uh, pleasing for Steve Corica and his men, that's for sure. And they've, uh, yeah, played some really good football in this game, beating the reigning champions, Western United. Western United, on the other hand, defending their title, have had, uh, you know, two losses from two games. Been a poor start for them, and they see themselves early days, of course, but sitting at the bottom of the uh, A-League ladder. Sydney FC now with that win takes them into the fourth spot, which is uh, which is pleasing for them. Good signs all round, really. They they really put in a good performance, particularly from their front man. The Fonde was was brilliant. Joe Lolly was was brilliant as well. Luke Bratton in midfield. 
So a lot of the key players linking up and playing some uh, wonderful football. Yes, a good win for Sydney FC. And we'll look at uh, the round of A-League in more detail uh, on Friday when we chat again. Let's switch our attention to the EPL, though. We won't look at every match. We'll give you every score, but I'll get your thoughts on some of the key matches. Uh, I do just really, really quickly want to ask you about this one, though. Probably not a big match in the scheme of everything else, but Brentford 2 over Brighton nil. Now, that's a couple of losses in a row for Brighton after such a good start to the season. Yeah, it is, and uh, it's going to be worrying signs for the new manager, uh, Diverti. He's been you know, into the job, thrown into the job after Potter leaving to Chelsea, so he's got some high expectations to live up to, but um, yeah, there's a slightly swaying in the last couple of weeks, Brighton, and Bradford have been playing some really good football. Ivan Tony in this game, yet again, was probably the, the real difference between the two sides. Just defensively, um, Brighton went away from what they did so, so well in the early parts of the season, but um, yeah, Bradford are really confident at the moment, and uh, very difficult to play. So, um, great result for Bradford, and they make themselves up into ninth spot in the Premier League ladder. That try has been converted, so France 6 leading Greece, nil 10 minutes gone in that Rugby League World Cup match under rainy skies, it looks like, in Doncaster. Uh, Leicester City, Crystal Palace had a nil-all draw. Wolves 1 defeated Nottingham Forest, nil. At uh, Fulham and Bournemouth had another draw, Fulham and Bournemouth 2 all. Uh, Tottenham, uh, another win, 2 nil over Everton. Yeah, great start for, for Tottenham. Season continues, really. Um, strong performance against a struggling Everton side who lost last week and continue that that losing streak the last couple of weeks. Um, difficult for, for Frank Lampard and his men, but, yeah, really strong from, from Spurs. Um, Harry Kane took the penalty early on and uh, was, was brilliant in his performance over round. And Hoiberg scored a goal as well for midfield to make it 2-0. Um, really, Ivan Perisic, Song, Harry Kane, as I mentioned, and, and Hoiberg were the real difference for, for this game. And Everton's yeah, have struggled um, throughout defensively, just all over the place, particularly in that second half. Um, they played some chances, but just nowhere near the finishing ability of Spurs and uh, a strong win for, for Spurs to continue their good start to the season. Yeah, Southampton and West Ham with a one-all draw. Man United, they'd be a bit disappointed with that draw against Newcastle, nil all. Just very quickly, that they would have expected to win that match at Old Trafford. Yeah, they would have, and uh, been very disappointed about their overall performance. Newcastle created some chances of their own, hit the woodwork on two separate occasions as well, so they'll be a little bit disappointed. They probably didn't get three points themselves um, after some of the chances that they created. But United were, were very sloppy up front, I have to say. Ronaldo didn't create too many problems uh, for the, for the uh, defence. So, yeah, tough point to take for United, but a good one for, for Newcastle. Arsenal continuing their great start to the season, 1-0 over Leeds. And this match was also delayed by 40 minutes because there was issues with VAR and the communication to the referee. Yeah, they were about two minutes into the game, the referee mm. had to stop and say he couldn't hear anything coming through his mic, so uh, they need to get that all sorted. But um, once things settled down there, Arsenal got on with the job. And credit to Leeds, they did make it very difficult for them. It's probably the best performance I've seen Leeds play in the last probably three or four weeks where they've had a little bit of dip in, uh, in form. But um, they provide a difficult test for, for Arsenal, as expected. Being at home at Ellen Road is never an easy place to play, but Arsenal did get the job done in the end. Uh, Jesus up front was, was sensational again. Odegaard was brilliant. Bakuya Saka, who ended up scoring the winning goal, was brilliant as well. So, yeah, Arsenal's form continues, and really they're the, the big winners 
out of the weekend when you look at the other results around Liverpool and Man City, which I know we'll talk about uh, soon. Yeah, literally in about two seconds, Chelsea defeated Aston Villa 2 deal, so Chelsea remain in the top four. But yeah, before we move on to our road to the World Cup, Liverpool won Man City nil. It was a heated game, managers sent off, but Mo Salah getting that goal, I think it was around the 81st minute and such an important win for Liverpool. Yeah, it puts him right up into eighth spot now and they're just one point, a couple of points behind uh, Brighton and Newcastle as well as fifth place United. So that win is all important to turn Liverpool season around. First loss for Man City uh, and really, I have to say, the likes of Harland and Phil Foden completely marked out of the game. Van Dijk did a fantastic job there of uh, keeping one-on-one. Harland very, very quiet there. James Milner right back did very good to keep Phil Foden quiet as well. Um, they've had a lot of defensive woes this season, as we know from Liverpool's uh, poor start of the season. So it was uh, vital they got that right, and they certainly did. Uh, but really, you look at their overall squad uh, for both these. And we've just lost uh, John Gallo there. Just a few issues with our system. So we'll endeavour to get him back. Uh, we'll try and do that after the break, but uh, apologies for that. But yeah, it was a, a magnificent match by uh, Liverpool. One uh, nil, and and I think they would have taken a lot out of that uh, win against uh, Man City uh, against um, yeah, that seven goals and sorry uh, last week, and then of course that win against Man City. There is a heap of EPL matches as well coming up over the course of the next uh, few days as well, um, and we'll get to them now. Actually, I'll just let you know what's uh, coming up. Brighton will play Nottingham Forest tomorrow at five thirty. Crystal Palace play Wolves at six fifteen. The Arsenal Man City match, which would have been a beauty, has been postponed. Bournemouth will play. Southampton. Uh, This is now Thursday. Liverpool and West Ham on Thursday. Brentford, Chelsea, Newcastle, Everton. Uh, Man United, Tottenham. That'll be a beauty. And on Friday morning, a couple of games as well. Fulham, Aston Villa and Leicester City, Leeds United. That's before, again, another full weekend of the English Premier League. So really, really looking forward to that. We'll see if we can get John back on the line. We'll take a break. Uh, Just before that, 14 and a half gone between France and Greece. It is France 6 leading Greece nil. France 6 leading Greece nil. 14 and a half gone. We'll take a break. Come back with more. You're listening to World Cups in a nutshell here on SEN. Yeah, we will continue our road to the Football World Cup with Jonathan Gallo on Friday when we chat with him. We'll do four teams on Friday, so it'll be an action-packed road to the World Cup. By the way, that uh, football chat was all for Ken Arts Hire. They make your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the Ken Oath today. It is 10-2. It's now time for a Rugby League World Cup update. Yeah, 19 minutes gone between France and Greece, and it's France 6 leading Greece nil. Been a fairly entertaining game so far. France got the try in the ninth minute. Uh, been end-to-end football. Greece have had probably better of the ball over the past five or so minutes, although France just kicking the ball dead there, uh, resulting in a 20-metre restart for Greece. But end-to-end football, not too many mistakes in front of a smallish crowd. It does look like it has to be said in Doncaster, but 19 minutes gone um, and it is France 6 leading Greece nil. Tomorrow, Tonga will play Papua New Guinea. That'll be at 5.30am tomorrow. We'll endeavour to have a chat with Vossi before that as well. He's calling that one for Fox League. So 20 minutes gone, halfway through that first half. France 6 leading Greece nil at Doncaster. Uh, Just in terms of the 2020 World Cup as well, 
And we were talking uh, about this earlier, some magnificent results, some magnificent wins by Scotland and Namibia. Uh, Well, a big change in direction with COVID, which is probably not overly surprising considering us as a country have got rid of isolation, uh, at least in the eastern states. I'm not sure if it's nationwide, but definitely in the eastern states as of last Friday. Uh, While now COVID-positive cricketers will be allowed to play during the T20 World Cup. Now, that's a big step forward for Australian sport. Now, we remember Tania McGrath in the Commonwealth Games back in July. She tested positive, but still played in that gold medal match for Australia. Now, that is because for many months now, probably for six or seven months now in the UK, you've not have to, uh, had to isolate if you do test positive. Of course, it is recommended, um, and as it is uh, in general society, well, you've got symptoms and you're sick, you should be isolating, but you don't have to. Um, so Australia now doing this as well. Uh, the International Cricket Council has made it a requirement that every team at the World Cup travels with a doctor, and then it is up to the doctor to manage any COVID-related issues. Now, there will be no mandatory testing of players during the tournament, and at the discretion of doctors, stars would be allowed to play even if they do privately return a positive test. However, in event of the cricketers becoming seriously sick, the ICC will permit replacement players to come into squads before the cricketer returns to the squad again once they return a negative test. Now, the change in rules by the ICC is in line, as I say, with the Australian government scratching mandatory isolation periods and leaving it to individuals to use their discretion on whether they should isolate or not. And it should set a precedent for Australian sports after a year of NRL and AFL where players were regularly tested and ruled out for a week following positive tests. Now, Pat Cummins said it's a totally different dynamic. The team went out for dinner last night and we were actually uh, chatting about it, saying this is the first time we've done this for about three years. It's great fun. Yeah, because even uh, as, what, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago when the grand final, NRL grand final was on, uh, if a player had tested positive in the five days leading up to that grand final, they would have missed the game. Now isolation gone uh, in uh, Australia, um, and now we're going to see this situation where COVID-positive cricketers will be allowed to play. I mean, I suppose a lot of it will depend on how bad they're feeling. If they're very sick, they're not going to be playing, but it will be up to them and also the doctors. So uh, good to see that change, and I think it is only fair enough. And I would not be shocked as well in terms of World Cups to see this issue happen in the Rugby League World Cup. There's a fair chance um, someone's going to come down with COVID there and maybe they will play. We'll have to wait and see. The Football World Cup as well is another situation. So anyway, uh, that's what's happening in the T20 World Cup. Uh, France have been awarded a penalty right in front of the posts. We've got 17 minutes before half time. It's France 6 leading Greece 0, but I imagine in just a second it'll be France 8 leading Greece 0. Greece tried a little grubber kick on the uh, 30 metre line, but uh, not the smartest move, and it ended up in the uh, French's team hands. So 6-0 France over Greece. It will be 8-0 in just a second. I uh, haven't got time to get to this, but no doubt Vossi and Brandy will do so after 6 a.m. The Dragons, a lot of news about George Burgess saying Musgrove is heading to the Dragons as well. 
apparently George Burgess never got on without the Griffin. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of talk about that on the various breakfast shows after the news. That penalty was successful. So 16 and a half before half time. France 8 leading Greece nil. France 8 leading Greece nil. Vossi and Brady will keep you up to date with that. As I say, Tonga and PNG tomorrow morning at 5.30 a.m. Plus a whole host of EPL games as well. Thanks to your company today. Thanks to Vossi. Thanks to Chris Perkins. Thank you to Jonathan Gallo. Tomorrow on the show, we'll talk to Vossi again ahead of that Tonga PNG game. And Matty Cox will join me as well, host of Tradies News in Melbourne. Vossi and Brandy coming up for breakfast next through the entire SEN network. Patton Hills for our Queensland stations in an hour or so at 6am local time. And I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5am. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91